On this episode of Industry Relations, Rob and I talk about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and housing. This is Industry Relations, a podcast that's at the intersection of real estate and technology from an insider's perspective with Rob Hahn and Greg Robertson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. Uh, this is obviously your co-host, Notorious Rob, Rob Hahn. And with me is, uh, I like to call him the fabulous Greg Robertson, but Saul Klein recently called him the gregarious Greg Robertson. So, Greg, how you doing, buddy? Hola, Rob. I mean, I, I'm humble. So, gregarious Greg is going to be very hard to say. So, Right? I think fabulous Greg. Yeah. You know? Okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. I, I went and saw Top Gun, and I know uh, a couple pilots from the military, and they never get to pick. You, you never get to pick your own call sign, right? No. So everybody else picks it for you. So yeah. to have Rob Hahn pick my call sign, I'm not sure that's a. Uh, <laughs> that was like one of those things, right? I remember in high school there was this one kid in my school who picked his own nickname. And we're like that's the most ridiculous thing. You do not get to pick your own nickname. You know your your friends pick your nickname for you. Right? Yeah, that's why your nicknames tend to be shit like butthead and you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not you know my nickname is uh, Maverick. Like yeah. screw you, man. <laughs> your nickname is Tiny Dick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Anyway, how are you? You know, another day in life here in, uh, you know, we're, I'm in, in Huntington Beach and, you know, we have it down here. We call it kind of June gloom. So June think gloom. Be bright, bright and sunny, yeah. but at the beach, it's a little bit gloomy. Yeah. Uh, and I think gloomy is going to be a bit of our topic today. But <laughs> yeah. first, we have been asked by our producers to actually promote the fact that we have both a uh, Facebook page at Industry Relations and a YouTube channel at Industry Relations Podcast. So if you wouldn't mind, come uh, check it out, like us, subscribe, I'll do all that so you can be notified when we upload one of these things. Right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. And I think we have a TikTok channel, but I've never, I don't even own TikTok. I don't, you know, so. You don't TikTok? I don't TikTok. I think I'm past the age limit for TikToking. No, no, you got to get on TikTok, man. It's kind of interesting. Really? All right. Time suck though, for sure. But so speaking of June gloom, uh, you had you wanted to start off by speaking of some gloomy news. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, I think to me the news of the day, or that I've been reading about mostly, not only in our space but others, is uh, the layoffs that are happening. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this could be, you know, I think better is the one that kind of kick this off and and how the ceo got a ton of crap for that and yeah. just it's been rolling since then but you know recently uh you know then there's like uh there's a whole list there's an article that emin put out of like just i mean i'm looking at the list now like it looks like 13 names you know with mm -hmm. totally mortgage uh better blend tomo uh, side rex even some on the redfin for via an acquisition so um yeah, just a bunch of those things. And then, you know, today in the news, uh, there was something about how Elon Musk was saying that he was, you know, had a bad feeling about the economy coming up and either thought we were in a recession now or it's going to last or how bad it is. So they're announcing like a 10% layoff of their staff, right? So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just kind of thinking, I mean, some of this seems to be more uh, 
in the kind of mortgage space, which you can get the higher interest rates and they have, you know, there's, that means the refi business is going away. That means, yep. you know, those types of things are going away. Um, you know, I'm already seeing some memes on Twitter and things about how, oh my God, um, my real estate agent called me um, after my, after they, you know, after we showed up at their open house. Right. right. So a little signs, a little grass shoots that they're, the market is changing. Right. Or that, right, you know, right. that, that new home builders are upping their percentage to realtors. Right. So right. Right. we see these, you know, we see some things that, you know, uh, nature is healing. <laughs> no way. Right? Okay. You know, who knows? I mean, right. But I mean, okay. we see some of that stuff. I mean, um, I'm not, I'm not hearing such crazy multiple offer. Um, yeah. in fact, I just, I was reading something about the unicorn offer, which I guess is a new phrase, which means some buyers are still so, you know, cra crazy to kind of get the home that they're paying a high price. And it turns out they're the only, the only, the only offer they had. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know that, that, you know, that as a topic to me is, is interesting as far as. How, how that's going to relate. What is this? Is this really a shift? Is this the shift that we've been kind of anticipating because of the higher interest rates or is this a blip? What do well, you depends on who you ask. Right? <laughs> so there's a, there's a, an economist that I follow Logan. I, I can never say his last name. Motashami. I think it is. Um, and off top, I can't remember who he works for. I want to say it's like core logic or something, but he's really smart. You know, he's on Twitter. And if, anybody knows just correct me you know like make a comment or something um he's uh he's i i would call him more of a bull more of like a grass is greener type of mm -hmm. view and his take is look we need higher rates we need to cool this insane housing market we need to do all these things that's that's one perspective <clears throat> the other perspective i think is more gloomy and it's and and i guess i tend to fall fall in that camp because you know my personality I, oh, really? I, you know it's weird it's like i think i'm a, a real optimist i'm really white pilled you know just in overall but when it comes to this particular topic it just seems to make more sense to me so these are the guys who think that the fed is raising rates and is going to cause severe recession if not an outright depression right um and again and i've mentioned him on on our podcast a number of times but you know i follow guys like um uh I don't know, <laughs> like uh, Daniel Booth, you know, uh, or uh, from Quill Intelligence, uh, Luke Roman from, you know, Force for the Trees, a lot of these macro analyst types, and they tend to have a very negative view of the Fed, right? The most recent one that I heard, I can't remember the gentleman's name, and I'll see if I could dig up the, uh, the podcast YouTube uh, that I saw, was essentially saying that the Fed is faking it all, right? that there's absolutely no way the Fed can keep raising rates. There's no way that they could do the quantitative tightening that they've announced. So it's just a charade, <clears throat> right? That the Fed has done a couple of little things. Hmm? Just theater, yeah. basically, yeah. It's theater. It's just a couple of little things and then talking tough in order to get the market, in order to get the economy to cool down. You know, I think we're certainly seeing it first on housing, right? Because mortgage rates are so closely intertwined with buyer demand. But even that, I just, I, I don't know. I wonder. Here's the thing. I do think what we are seeing is the Fed action has clearly, you know, damaged the stock market, if you will, right? So the layoffs seem fairly obvious. 
and I was talking to a big hedge fund uh, friend of mine, and he's like, look, the capital markets are absolutely crazy right now, right? Venture capital is like gone, you know, like uh, it, the, the whole thing is totally and utterly changed. Um, and you're seeing some of the drops, whether in equities, we're talking like 60% drops, right? For a lot of these uh, big names, uh, we're looking at just funding drying up, uh, you know, some of these loans, like zombie companies growing. And zombie companies are companies where they don't make enough money cash flow wise to pay the interest on their debt. So they have to roll over that debt in order to continue operating. And there are a number of them that simply won't be able to do that because rates are higher and uh, the market's not in the lending type of mood, right? So yeah, layoffs are coming. Layoffs are here. Layoffs are coming. Probably more are coming. Uh, and basically the Fed is going to, the economy already shrank by 1.5% is the latest that I saw. If they want to keep that going, you know, like that's that's where we're headed, right? Yeah, and I mean, housing, I think, is the story that most people don't talk about enough. They just look at mortgage rates, they just look at housing demand falling, blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, well, that's part of it. The other part of it is people, you know, inflation's at eight percent, and people's wages haven't gone up eight percent, right? So, oh, yeah. you know, and then you add mortgage rates on top of it. Like, buyers are already suffering fatigue, right? How many of them are out there like, hey, even if they want to buy, can they, right? Now, here's the interesting thing. Having said that, home prices are still going up, right? Yeah, it's not it's, like values have dropped, not, no. Acceleration's not as, as, as right. much as it was, yeah. It's still There's going still up. a supply problem, right? There's still a supply problem. I don't know if it's supply, I mean, whatever problem is, supply problem, you know, overhyped demand, we know it's happening, right? And... I suppose it's welcome, and and I don't know the areas. You know, we I heard the same anecdotes, right? As well, yeah. You know, we don't have many multiple offers. You know, people are cutting their price. I'm like, okay, but what are you cutting it from, right? In other words, like if you bought your house for three hundred thousand two years ago and you put it on the market for eight hundred thousand, and we're gonna drop it to seven fifty, I guess that's technically a, a cut in listing. You know, but it's like overall. It's still goddamn unaffordable, right? It's still ten percent over what it was last year, you know, things of that nature. Right. So I don't, right. I don't know, right? And then I look at some of the markets, and I, I think you and I, either you and I talked about, I did a notorious pod about this. Some of the local markets, like especially in like Florida and Tennessee and like Austin, Texas, prices went up like forty five percent year over year, right? That's hyperinflationary. You know what I mean? So by raising rates, are we going to get down to, what are we going to get down to, right? 20% year over year is still 20%. Do you know what I mean? Well, so, I mean, I don't know. That's, those are weird cases, but I mean, I mean, I, yeah, it, it's such a, it's a bizarre market, right? That's the whole thing. I mean, you know, how do you, how do you account for any of this stuff? Right. Um, you know, inflation. Yeah. 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 It's just bizarre. You well, know, you know, just, uh, just when you think you 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 figured it all out, right? <laughs> like, what's happening right now? It's, yeah, inflation is this. Interest rates are going, but price house prices are still going up. And uh, you know, I don't know how to explain. And I don't think anybody knows how to explain it. Well, it depends who you ask, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I know you're a big a big proponent of talking about how we're just being printing money and that's yeah. the root of it. I, right? Yeah. I, I, you know, all the things I found 
for me, again, just me personally, I, I'm, I'm finding Austrian economics to be pretty conv convincing, pretty compelling, right? And most of that school basically says inflation is a money printing problem. And we've yeah. printed like $10 trillion of, you know, we printed $10 trillion. Like it's going to have an impact, right? And I guess the real question becomes, can the Fed actually reverse that, right? They're trying, but... You know, the flip side of that, and I think we've talked about this, man. Like, again, Luke Roman's been talking about this for at least a year, maybe longer, right? Saying, if we raise rates anymore, the federal government can no longer fund its operations. And they're, that's just, it's, it's not going to happen, right? Until something really breaks, until the system collapses, if you will. Right. You're right. And there was, uh, I mean, we're at like $30 trillion in government debt. <laughs> Like thirty trillion, and I'm like, who is still buying treasury bonds? <laughs> People are. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, okay, <laughs> that that works out to just under a million dollars per American, like family. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Like, it's like okay, <laughs> and the median income is what like seventy thousand, right? And each of us quote owes. A million dollars? Sure. I'm sure the United States will pay that back. I'm sure. Right. So, well, I mean, you know, everybody's count, you know, we've had the Great Recession. We've had other things in our, I mean, I have a, a lot of confidence in the, in, in this country and the people. And, oh, yeah. No, we'll, I, I have total confidence. Yeah. I have total confidence in the real economy. I have total confidence in the American people. I have zero confidence in the monetary economy and the Federal Reserve. <laughs> and our fiscal spending. I have zero confidence in government. So, you know, at the end of the day, like, and so that's, but there is an angle to this that I think is really worth talking about, right? Which is, okay, the market's insane. It's been insane for a couple of years. Things are, you know, retrenching, you know, and it's kind of amusing to me how so many realtors are like, hey, things are kind of getting back to normal, right? Things are getting back to health. But I don't think so. Like, What's normal, right? Yeah. I think most real estate agents never were ever in a normal market, right? I mean, think right. about it. It's, there's no cycle that's happened in such a long time. I, I would just question what they what they think normal right. is. Right. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, I got into the industry in what? 2004, right? And at the height of, like, the dot-com crash, so housing was pumping, right, because of that. And then we had the big crash, and then we've had this insane market. So I don't know. Maybe you have to go back to the 70s, right, yeah, when inflation 90s, was running 10%. Yeah. Or do you yeah, go 90s, back to the 80s, right? 90s, maybe. Maybe 90s. Is that a normal market? Or given yeah. how insane things have been, can we say the 90s were an abnormal market? Right? Yeah. But even so, I guess the way I look at it is, like the layoffs means wage compre uh, compression, right? <clears throat> you know, the, the layoffs that you've mentioned, okay, the economy's tanking, we're going to recession, fewer jobs. It's not like a bunch of workers are all of a sudden be like, hey, you know what? I demand a 30% raise. Well, I mean, that that's the other thing here. It's just, it's, it's so crazy and wacky. It's like, I, you know, I know from, from my company's perspective, it's hard to find talent. Sure. And 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 the talents you have gets keep uh, will get poached by other companies giving higher wages. 
Right. And that happens, you know, I'm sure with every company on, on the, on the weekly. So, so and, and, okay. But let's talk about that. Right. That's under today's, you know, or like the three months ago environment. All right. If Tesla's laying off 10% of its workforce, Tomo's laid off a third, you know, better's laid off. Like there are a bunch of people who hit the streets. Right. I mean, don't tell me they're all losers. They're not. Right. So, Supply yeah, and demand it, naturally it, dictates. Maybe you know, you know, because being working for a tech technology company, maybe that the compression, maybe. the supply of devs and and things are are kind of a little bit uh, abnormal. Um, maybe, than, yeah, than, or maybe, but uh, I think that's also going to adjust. Yeah, right. In other words, this these stories of like fresh out of college, you know, programmers demanding three hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen, right? Because for three hundred thousand, you could probably hire somebody who has actual experience, you know. Right. So, right. I, all I'm saying is recessions necessarily raise unemployment, and that necessarily suppress wages. Right. The trouble I have is you're suppressing wages when everything else is more expensive. Right. Right. And even if like the Fed's fighting inflation, or we're gonna, you know, eight and a half is ridiculous. Okay, what's not ridiculous? We're not going to see 2% inflation. I don't know for, you know, maybe we stabilize a 5% inflation, right? It's still like, high. It's still crazy. What's gas by you? You're in California. 620? Think about that, you know, dude. There's <laughs> all this June gloom here. That's 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 why, right? Right. So here's the thing. What what do you think gas will be in December? I don't know. You know, to me, they're going to always play some shenanigans with the election coming, right? So, I mean, you know, they'll. I know, but <clears throat> take that into account. What, what's your prediction right now for a gallon of gas, Calif- Southern California? I, I can't see it going much more than this. I mean, so now you got me. I'm recording saying this. So, we'll, that's right. When we record in December, we'll see what happens here. So, you think it'll be 620 in December? Uh, uh, or lower. That would be my Or prediction. lower. Yeah. Okay. So, I think it's going to be eight. In California, okay. Well, we're you're on record too, so we'll we're on it. record too. So we'll, we'll revisit it because again, even if the Fed does whatever it's doing, right? It, we're not. It's not going to bring inflation down. It's not going to go into a deflationary period, right? It's not like we're going to have okay. Well, we have negative inflation now, so gas price is going to come down. And just and I follow a uh, a really good fintech newsletter called Doomberg. And these guys are real experts, in, like the energy Doomberg? markets. Doomberg, right? Like D O O M. Yeah, like Bloomberg, but Doom. So Doomberg, the it's green chicken. So, that is so you, Rob. Just, to, that's I, just I, I'm not writing it. Like I love these guys. They're so yeah. good, though. Right? Exactly. Uh, and they they have a real like these are guys who do like consult like uh, specialized consulting in uh, energy markets and commodities, etc. So these are real experts, and they talk about how there's no scenario where oil prices can really come down over the next couple of years. Why? because we haven't done the investment into the infrastructure, right? In other words, like drilling oil wells, building refineries, building pipelines. I mean, Biden canceled, you know, whatever that pipeline, right? The very first thing he did. Um, So even if we were to start today, right, expanding like oil production, it it won't be, it'll, it'll be several months, if not longer, in order for all that supply to even hit the market. So it's like, there's no scenario oil prices go down. Right. There's, I guess that, that also uh, accounts for, 
you know, alternative uh, of oil, right? Um, you know, it's not like there's a lot of building going on there to kind of replace what uh, you mean, like electric and wind and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's there's supply chain problems there too, right? Yeah. So Tesla, okay, well, what goes into making a car battery? Right? Things like lithium. Where does lithium come from? China, right? We have a giant lithium deposit here in Nevada, right? It's going to be like two years before we can exploit any of it. Yeah, you know, so. Eventually, over the long run, and this is what I mean, like I believe it, like the American economy, the American people, ingenuity, we'll figure it out, right? Eventually, assuming that the government doesn't get in the way. But right now, for the next, like by, by December, like there's no, and I think similar things about housing, right? Yeah, so let's circle back here. Do, what yeah. does that mean for, let's, let's say, I'll just try to come up with a couple of metrics here to kind of talk about, like, I obviously I know Idris Horowitz put out their their slide deck about tightening belts, and I think a lot of people in the uh, VC community say, "Hey, when Idrisen puts out a deck about you got to like tighten your belt, it's real, right?" So yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of vendors that may be VC funded, yeah, um, and we've seen that with Side and others, they they're obviously have to tighten their belt. Um, what do you think that does? Another metric, let's say, you know, we've talked about home increases in prices, but member count um, mm -hmm. uh, with agent count. Up or I mean, do we still see these create? I know, think it's up. You think it's you think Asian counts up? Why? Yeah, because recession, unemployment. Well, I mean, they're not typically they're ten ninety nines, right? I mean, I know, that's what I mean. We've seen this whenever there's recession, right? As long as the housing market is not crashed, like in two thousand eight, people get their real estate licenses. Yeah, but but didn't that didn't like we we had I think we talked about this on a podcast where like in 2020 with the pandemic I think we saw a surge in membership because mm -hmm. you know a lot of people out of the hospitality and and that type of thing and I think we thought as things recovered um I think we're still in a in kind of a hangover from member counts or agent counts um from that period and they really haven't dropped off yet, right? I think um, it increases. I think member counts go up. Because it's it's like 1.6 right now. Yeah, so it'll be at 2 million. 2 million members of the National Association of Realtors. And and this is with, you know, we haven't talked about this yet, but like with the, uh, you know, compensation and cooperation changes happening. Yeah, but that's still like two, three years out, I think. Right. right? I mean, you know, what's funny is like I, I've been asked to speak on a number of things talking about that. I'm like, you know, I was talking about that like f three years ago, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, for sure, yeah, and yeah. AR will defend us. All of a sudden, now they're like, I think it was uh, the Caesar case getting class action status. Yeah, I think people realize, oh shit, this is real. I'm like, no, it's been real for a real long time. Um, yeah. But that's still going to be you two, think, three years. Okay, now. you think surge happens this year? Yeah. You think it's possible to add another 400,000 agents? Maybe not this year. Right. right. Maybe another 100,000 this year. Right. Right. But let's put it this way. I wouldn't be shocked if by December we had 2 million realtors. I depends would, on, the, depends well, on the scale of layoffs in the rest of the economy. Yeah. Right. And do you think like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, a civilian outside of organized real estate, right. And you've gotten laid off and, you know, you've heard stories about, you know, your friends, or maybe you were in a situation of trying to buy a house and how, how crazy insane it was, uh, 
you know, not, you know, buyers looking at several properties, a supply thing. It's like, that doesn't sound like a business like it was in the past that I want to be in, you know? What do you mean by that? Well, I think, you know, I think you're right. I think when we see, when we see a recession, when we see layoffs, when we see unemployment go up, mm-hmm. right. We, we typically see, um, you know, I can understand why the roles of real estate would be, you know, I mean, R-O-L-L-S, you know, yeah. the number of realtors increasing. But but now with all the, the insane stories about how the housing market is and how the supply is down, I mean, if I'm a salesperson, do I want to get into a situation where my uh, I'm, I'm a salesperson for an inventory that is shrinking and or non-existent? I don't know. I don't know if that if real estate has that appeal that it has that it hasn't had in the past, right? Maybe. I mean, maybe. But let's say, um, like you said, the mortgage industry got hit pretty hard, right? So these are people who already know real estate, who already know housing, right? They just got laid off from Tomo or from Better or whatever, right? And all they have to do is look around town and see the realtors driving BMWs. Well, yeah, that's a that's a pretty small percentage of realtors driving those BMWs, uh, uh, and they're probably leased, and they're probably behind on a payment sometimes, right? Sometimes, I mean, I'm just saying, you and I know the truth and reality of how hard it is. I'm saying, if you don't know that, you're coming from the outside, and all you see are realtors walking around with, you know, with Mercedes Benzes, driving Mercedes, and you know, dress real nice, and appearing on billboards, and talk about look how successful I am. Like, you know, a lot of them just go, I'm going to get my license. And they remember, oh, wait a minute, like I do one sale and I get $30,000, right? And if you're a salesperson, then, you know, what do you, like, you know this about salespeople, right? (laughs) They have this optimism confidence, right? You know, it's like, if it's always I. Maybe, maybe, you know, I'm tainted or you're tainted by, you know, what we've been hearing that, you know, pre-pandemic, 8% of all the, you know, majority of the listings were being sold by the same you know, five brokers. And then after the mm-hmm. pandemic, it turned to like, you know, uh, four or it went from four to eight. Right. Yeah. So it increased. Yeah. Yeah. So everything's, you know, the, the, the ones that are performing are getting better at it. Yeah. The concentration of power, everything else is getting. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not saying it's look, I'm not saying that I would advise people to go into real estate. Right. Right. I, I'm not saying that at all, because I think at this point, real estate has really become a very highly concentrated, you know, yeah. sort of top 10% doing 90% of business type of thing. I'm just saying that like all these people that are getting laid off from yeah. various companies, they're going to look around like, where are they going to get jobs? Yeah. And I, I guess I'm, I understand what you're saying. I'm sa- I, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm a little bit more pessimistic on the lure of real estate. It doesn't, the lure of real estate has lost a little bit of its luster since the last turnaround, right? Um, but, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah, I suppose you're right. But like I said, unless we think that home prices will collapse, right? And I'm, I'm, I think I'm on record to say I don't think home prices ever go down. Yeah. Right? And, you know, at least in dollar terms, because until the dollar system collapses, because I, it's just a fundamental good, right? Um, I, in fact, like, think of it this way. What are... <sighs> Housing, we think of housing too much like as an investment, like as a financial investment. I'm like, okay, yes, there's that's there's that too. But thing is, housing is a fundamental requirement to live, right? 
it's like energy. It's like electric bills or gasoline. Like, look, if gas went to $10 a gallon, are people going to stop driving? Right. Right? If uh, food prices double, are people going to stop eating? No. You, you, like these, this isn't an iPad, right? This isn't uh, a luxury car. This is like you need to have this stuff to live. Okay. Maslow's ladder or something, right? Yeah, yeah. The Maslow hierarchy. Like this is pretty damn low on the hierarchy. It's like food, yeah. energy, housing, right? And so even if home prices are flattening or doing whatever, okay, that's cool. What's happening with rent? Because yeah. you got to live somewhere, yeah. right? Even like unless you're going to live in the van down by the river, you got to live somewhere, right? We're not built I, now. New home construction is, you know, really accelerating. Maybe all those guys take it in the shorts, but like you got to live somewhere. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, I feel like a lot of our analysis started to look at housing, like some sort of financial asset only, and then evaluating. I'm like, yeah, no, that, that I get it. Right. I really do. But you're forgetting that nobody needs to own Apple stock, no one needs to own Tesla. Right, you do need to live somewhere. So if you don't own a house, you got to rent from somebody. So no, I mean, we, right? we talked about this on the podcast before. I think the nature of housing is really changing. It's going from just purchasing. I think a realtor needs to understand more than just a purchase. Right, it's got to be right. they got to understand long term rentals. They got to understand right. short term rentals. They got to understand. Right fractional ownership they got to, you know all the different things that are out there they have to be kind of experts in for sure they do and we've talked about like in the prepper call you know how yeah. brokerage issue starts doing property management and all of that stuff here's the thing this brings to mind um i did a, a musings episode on the new biden housing plan right which i'm not sure that i understand it fully because it's pretty comp it's pretty detailed right and I think I'm a pretty, you know, I'm an expert in sort of the real estate industry, but I don't think I'm an expert in like housing finance and, you know, some of the regulations and some of the things that they got going on. Um, having said that, I did look through it. And I'm like, there's a lot of talk in there about manufactured housing and ADUs, right? And I'm sitting here like, it, it kind of pissed me off, to be honest with you, right? Because the message to me was, are we essentially telling younger people, especially younger people, because let's face it, we're Gen X, we're old, right? We all already homeowners. Are we telling like millennials who are still below 40% and they're not young anymore, right? They're not kids. Millennials are not kids. They're 30s, the oldest millennials in their 40s, right? And homeownership is still under 50%. In fact, I think it's under 40%. Are we now telling them that their version of the American dream needs to be a, like a trailer park? Like, what, well, the, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's part of the country, some parts of the country that might be the case. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I remember just last last year, my sister was going through some stuff and found a picture of me and my mother's arms um, sitting outside our trailer park home mm -hmm. when, when I was born, right? So, right. you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. Um, but that's a, my point is, it's that's not, no one has ever said, like, this should be our goal for housing. Right. This is not the American dream. It's not, American dream is not trailer in a trailer park. The American dream is not ADU in your mother's backyard. The American dream is a house, white picket fence, dogs, backyard. Well, right? okay, but just match that with what we just talked about. The definition of housing is expanding, right? Yeah. 
And that's, again, not just, it's expanding to beyond just purchase. Uh, you know, I've said this before. I've got employees who want to live in Austin for six months, and then they want to live, you know, in Colorado for another six months, and they want to do this, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there's, so, you know, those are short-term kind of rentals. I got, you know, fractional ownership. I mean, there's different models, different ways of looking at it. I mean, you, you talk about, you know, trailer parks. I mean, you know, I, I was reading about, I think we've talked about this before, where, you know, in Palm Springs, they're kind of redefining the whole notion of what a trailer park is and, and having fabulous houses out there sure. in, in, in that type of thing or ADUs or whatever. I mean, it is, you know, I think we have a stereotype of what we think when we say that, you know, but it doesn't mean, I mean, it, you know, with good design, you know, you would never know these things were like, you know, pre-manufactured a lot of times either, right? Yeah, so, you know, I, I know. And the, the tiny house movement. I mean, there's all sorts of things here. I don't I don't know if we should put our own generational bias upon, you know, what what I mean, because when I hear you say that, that's not the American dream. It's it's you know, hot dogs, apple pie, and a you know, I mean it's, it's, almost, a, it's a house get off white my picket fence. Get off it's my hot dogs, apple pie. It's house, white picket fence, dog. All right. Okay. Right. So, but that's almost like you know, your grandfather, my grandfather, yelling, you know, from the lawn here, right? What, 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 what they expect, you know, this yeah. country to be, or what, what success is. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we think as, 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 as our generation. That's not necessarily so, whatever you want. Are you sure? That's that's kind of what I'm asking, right? And maybe we need to bring, you know, some of the younger folks on, right? Like, is that true? I think I think the 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 notion of remote work, I think the notion of 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 you know of of all this stuff that we talked about, short term, long term rentals, fractional ownership, a lot of different ways you can do. I think uh, generation, multi generational homes. I mean, uh, how how different families live, um, you know, immigrant families live. I mean, it's, yeah, but but that's the whole, the whole thing is changing. No, dude, I want to clarify something very very quickly here, which is. There's coping with shitty situation, right? It's like, look, I mean, the you know, whatever, my, my uh, finance is the way it is. This is the situation. So I'm going to settle for uh, renting. I'm going to settle for a tiny house. I'm going to settle for an ADU because I don't have a, I don't have a choice. Right. Versus wanting that, right? In other words, when somebody was like, you know what, I just got a job at a lone wolf and I make $300,000 a year as a programmer, right? Uh, I can afford to buy, but I don't want to. I want to live in this high-end, whatever, uh, tiny home manufactured house. I don't know I believe that. That's all I'm getting at. And all of the housing plans, all of the talk is like, I, I feel like we're trying to convince young people, hey, you should want this, right? I don't, cause you know, it's generational bias. I want the four-bedroom house with a half-acre lot with a white picket fence. But you, young man, you should want the little tiny house, you know, slammed up next to your neighbor because that's, you know, that's what you want. I don't know if I buy that, man. <clears throat> In fact, well, I don't you know think what? we're forcing it on it, but I mean, you know, there's... Hold on. We, we, we actually have a resource that we should tap <laughs> uniquely. Hey, EJ, <laughs> are you... <laughs> Get in here. <laughs> What's going hey, on, guys? This is EJ. He's we broken the fourth wall here, yeah, dude. He broke the fourth wall. Yeah. He's our producer. The curtain has been lifted. That's right. Uh, but just just so people know, EJ, you're, you're a young man. How old yeah, are you? I'm 23. 
Okay, you and you that's recently like, graduated that's, from that's college. A, he's a baby child. Is what he <laughs> he's a Gen Z, right? Yeah. You actually have a, a Gen Z and a millennial here. Okay, so. there we go. And, and millennial, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm uh, Ben. Ben Tompkins. I'm All right. So we have a Gen Z and a millennial. Help us answer this debate. Rob, you're amazing. Do you guys want I'm the American dream? Right. Like, again, we're not talking about coping with economic reality. We're talking about what you want out of housing. What do you want out of housing? Easy, you first. Me? Yeah. Oh, um, what is your American dream? You know, I would like a house. Um, I just, I, I think it's a practicality thing. I, I agree with both of you. I think where, yeah, it'd be great to be in, in a Norman Rockwell painting like Rob's thinking of, but I don't think that that's gonna happen anytime. It's not realistic. No, I think it's a practicality issue, which I think Greg is more on that side of things. Where but that's not that's not your want. That's not your American right. dream. Well, and ben, like, how about you? You're, you're a millennial. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's same. Uh, uh, own my own house. I own a house out in Logan right now. It's a small, like 950 square foot house. Um, so I don't need the four bedroom necessarily. That's not my American dream. But to have my own, my own place, my own property, um, specific kind of. I, my dream would be kind of away from people. Um, but uh, yeah, having my own little space would be nice. Yeah. Thank you. So, so like. That's what I'm getting at. Right? It is funny that the two here were crammed in this room together while you two each have your own room. That's uh, right. That's, yeah. that's kind of ironic. Yeah. Well, if we were together, you know, we would be crammed in a very large room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if this settles anything. I mean, I, I mean. All right. right can I mean, we let them go? Thank yeah. you, guys. We broke the fourth wall. All right. Yeah. Look, the settlement is, is I, I, what I'm getting at is we're both correct, right? You're correct that the economic realities dictate what they dictate. I think I'm correct in saying that this is not what they want, right? What they want is the normal Rockwell pay. Okay, okay, but hold on. Rob, are you in, a, in, a, in, in your current shelter living situation? Is that, is, that, is that exactly what you want, really? What? My house? Yeah. No, I, I want. You want something better, just oh, like no, they no, no, want no. better. I, no, I, I'm in a, I'm in a beautiful home, right? I have really all I need. But what I, what I, I mean, there's a lot. I'm, I'm, you know, I go to open houses all the time. I, you know, we're both real estate nerds. There's, a, I want something more than what I have now. And others would look at what we, but both uh, we have and say, well, that's, you know, if I could get that, that's, that's the American dream, right? But. You know, it's everything. Let, let, no, let me answer that. Okay. I have achieved the American dream. Okay. I love my house. It is more than adequate. You asked a different question. What do I want? Right. And the issue there is what does Rob want? Because Rob's a weirdo. <laughs> Greg's a weirdo also. So. You know, where so my wants, you know, but that's here's the thing my wants are beyond the American dream. It's all I'm getting at. I've achieved the American dream, right? House, white picket. I don't have white picket fence, but I have a fence, backyard. You know what I mean? I, I've achieved it because I'm Gen X, right? Uh, and I got on the property ladder earlier, you know, when that was sort of still possible uh, on a salary, right? As opposed to having to have a unicorn exit. Um, and then what I want is like, 
Dr. Evil's lair on mountaintops. So, you know, like I'm a weirdo, right? <laughs> with, with the deep, deep basements, yes. <laughs> exactly. A lot of seven guns. lairs and submarine base, right? Helipad. Like, but that's not an American dream. That That's Rob being weird, right? But you know, when I was <clears throat> EJ's age, yeah, I lived in New York City in a high rise apartment. And I was like, I love this. But that was never my American dream, right? My, my American dream, even then, was one day I'm going to grow up. One day I'll get old. I'll meet some woman, get married, have a couple of kids, move out to the burbs for the house, white picket fence, right? Not renting the house, not an ADU in somebody else's backyard. Like I wanted, uh, you know, my own piece of the earth, white picket fence, blah, blah, blah. My concern. I, yeah, okay is that we are, we are so busy telling young people and working class people and middle class people, you shouldn't want those things. You should want the tiny house. You should want the ADU. You should want the condo. You should want the... I'm like, but they don't want it, right? They're settling for it. And I think it's important that we at least recognize that, right? That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, I think, I think you know, I think we all, I think especially, you know, and this is a cliche with the millennials, right? It's like, it, they're the microwave generation, right? Where it's like they they get a job and why am I? And they're there for six months and they say, "Why am I not the vice president of of marketing right now?" Right? And I just don't buy it, Greg. I don't buy it. Hold on, hold on. Right? I mean, you. It's not like you haven't heard that before. That's a I've narrative. Heard I've, I've heard it, but man, I think it's I think it's a malign rumor about millennials. I don't think that's the way they are. Number two. Right. right. So, so if you kind of extrapolate to say, maybe we're not telling everybody you should want this, but you should temper the expectation of a first time home buyer to say, Hey, listen, this might be a better alternative for you to start off with. Not ideal. And, and but, but have that kind of asterisk of a, of a, yes. of a, of a first time home buyer. And the I think starter home. the little bit that I read was about, there was a lot of narrative in that Biden thing. I didn't read it like you did, but there was a first-time buyer, um, you know, kind of tax credits and yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Third, this this notion of the American dream, right? And I, I won't say it, but you know, this say it. What this make America great again? Like the past yeah. Yeah. was yeah. was where where it all was, right? I'll put another slant on it. Um. You know, there's there's there was a, a phrase for my generation, your generation, that I thought was this was it. Whenever it was, it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. Right? That was the dream, right? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Nowadays, it's that like was not the um, of course it was. That was everybody. No, it was like wasn't. that was the mantra of every you know movie. All the things you saw out there was like in the <laughs> '80s was like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Now it's like you know the the, the kids today. It's like well. uh, you know, I got to get consent, and um, I, I, I'm I'm now gluten free, and um, you know I, I'm I, I you know I, I listen to you know trance. I mean, it's just these notions, these these kind of things we've had in our head of like what should be the ideals are are kind of like again we're old men in these things, right? Whether it's the American dream, whether it's sex, drugs, and rock and roll, um, it's just changing, and I think we have a hard time like everybody else, um, dealing with those changes. I, I, here's where I'm disagreeing. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is never the dream. It was just kind of... It was my dream. You, what are you talking about? Was it really? 
Like you were like, hey, when I'm 50, I want to be sex, drugs, and rock. Well, and roll. I don't, you know, you, when you're young, you don't think when you're 50. But that's like, my point. Like, no, look, man. Like when I was 23, yeah, of course it was sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Living in New York City in this tiny little walk-up apartment, you know, who the hell needs to own a house and get tied down? Of course, when you're 23. But when, even yeah. then, even then, I'm like, but this is a, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll in my 20s. It was never sex, drugs, and rock and roll in my forties. I never, I never even like thought to like beyond that, right? I wasn't even thinking like who, who what young person? Do you think EJ? You know these guys are like thinking about like what they're going to be in their fifties? Of course not. We never. Do, thought should that. we bring them back and ask them? Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> look, are, are there like are young people stupid sometimes? Yes. Do they think they're immortal? Yes. Do they think they're invisible? Yes. We all did. I did, right? But all I'm pointing out is even then, man, it was there was always this notion of stability, family. Like one day I'm going, like I'm gonna get past my party years and I'm gonna grow up and mature and settle down, get married, you and sound have old, a house. Sounds so old, Rob. Dude, fine. You know what? If you are listening to this and you are 40 and under, which would make you a millennial or a Gen Z, I would like comments, right? Uh, which you can make at our Facebook page, <laughs> Industry Relations, <laughs> and you can make on the YouTube channel, Industry Relations Podcast. I'm genuinely curious what it is that you want, right? Not just what you're settled, what you're settling for because of economic realities. What is it that you actually want? Is it just... I'm in my 20s, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or as uh, Greg put it, what would you put it? Uh, consent, uh, vegan, and listen to trance music? <laughs> no, it's, or, not, now, like, it's like, it's like gluten, it's like, <laughs> it's consent, consent gluten-free, gluten-free and trans. podcasts. That's, that's what it is now. The podcast. That's, oh, that's, man. that's, that's, that's the, I, this equivalent of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I guess I still believe that doesn't matter because to me, these are human realities. I think everybody ultimately believes in their head, one day I'm going to be married, have a family and have a house with a white picket fence and all of that. And I know we need to wrap, but man, we need to talk about this notion of the starter home because that's, so I'll end it with this and we will pick up on it in a future episode. My issue is I don't believe that these manufactured housing and these ADUs and what's what the Biden plan is pushing in terms of construction, I don't believe that those will be starter homes in the way we think about it. The way we think about the way I thought about starter home was like a small, modest three bed, two bed, two bed bungalow, you know, that's yeah, it's not my forever home, but it gets me on the property ladder and it gets me going because somebody coming up after me is going to want the same thing. I don't believe that that's the case with manufactured housing danger, these and become, ADU. You think that the danger is these become the new projects? Correct. Not only that, but I don't think they that get you on the property ladder, right? If the Biden plan was more about, we need to build a shit ton more three bed, two bath, little houses all over the place so that young families have a chance to get on the ladder and then work their way up. I'd be like, that makes all the sense in the world. But dude, ADUs, as an example, I mean, you're in California, this is like ADU capital of the world, right? You can't own an ADU on somebody else's backyard. Right. Right as an example and that's what i have an issue with um but anyway let's wrap like i said i would love to hear from the younger listeners is your american dream just you know uh uh 
what is it? Consent, gluten free, and trans. I should probably replace consent with monogamy, gluten free, and podcast. <laughs> there we go. But is that really American dream, or is it still the same American dream that I had? My parents had. Well, my my parents weren't American, but that Greg had. Greg's parents had. Greg's grandparents had. Right, which is family, house, white picket fence, your own piece of earth. I think it is. I would love to hear from you guys. Okay, so. All right. Thanks, everybody. That was this was fun. Yeah, it was great. Thank uh, I, you. I, I tell you, when you broke the fourth wall, I think we took off there. So that was <laughs> many thanks to EJ and Ben for stepping through the fourth wall. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Right. Ciao, everybody. Bye.